It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. But do you know where fighting is not easier from, Raph? Mm. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Hello. Raph, is commentary easy? Yeah, when it's without you, obviously. <sighs> okay, I was gonna. I was trying to cue you up to say, of course it's not, but you made it look easy. And you're saying the trick of the trade is that I wasn't there? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you where I was. Moving to Denver, we are live from new cities. We're no longer East Coast to West Coast. Do you feel like we've lost that feud that also sprung our brothers in art? Biggie and Tupac, do you think that's gone now? And now we're just like sort of going to agree on everything? Um, You don't get to talk about that sort of stuff. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, You did a fantastic job. I'm going to go off script here Mm. because I'm supposed to antagonize him, and I will later. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows there's plenty to talk about in the fact that you were committing uh, common adultery with John Evans, who's both prettier and smarter, and that hurts. Better at jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's what I meant by smarter, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you and John did some fantastic work. The Nuwaza Challenge, I was shocked when I got onto the website and it was free, Raph. I thought I was going to have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. I was prepared to do so because the fighters on it were fantastic. A few of them I knew, a few of them I did not, a few of them I'll never forget. That's for fucking sure. Gordon, hello. The event from start to finish was amazing. Talk to me about it. What was it like to be a part of it? And talk to me. Give me the cool backstories. You said you got. Did some moves get demonstrated on you at the rules meeting? No, thank God. No, I got the chance to uh, give a pep talk to the guys right before they were about to go out and start competing. I basically got to tell them, don't screw this up for me. Good. That's what's important. By the Absolutely. way, they need to be focused on the prize. It's a good, sure, who gives a shit how they're going to look in their jiu-jitsu. Like, You're trying end, to announce this thing. End of story, guys. You will always be good at jiu-jitsu. And However, that I pep talk paid off. won't get the opportunity to always comment about your jiu-jitsu. So really, it's in your best interest to really do me a solid. And uh, I don't know. You know what the nice part is? You could see that from the very beginning of all of this, everybody was so happy to be participating in an event that not only was being streamed for free so their friends could watch it, but that they also were competing for money and for a brand that I think a lot of people like. And Kev, I got to tell you, I can't tell which was more the appeal to the athletes if it was the money or if it was the fact that it was sub only, no time limit. I also, you know, I was going to ask that because the money was fine, but it also just kind of felt like everybody was grappling around their friends and were trying to impress them. You, the best way I can put it, if if I may, there was there's videos occasionally you'll see them spring up of Lovato or Keenan or mm-hmm. any of these guys like uh, JT, any of them. Like you'll see them training with people that just train on a regular basis. Yeah, and when you see that difference, it's fantastic. It's really interesting, and you get to see them open up their games because they're doing things with stylistic differences. It kind of felt like that, but on a super intense level. Like It felt like these guys were really training like they train every day. 
mm-hmm. trying some different shit, being like, whatever, let's see where, let's see what happens. But in some weird way, it's like you you remove the time limit and so, and people are like, well, fuck it, we better turn it up and go because I don't want it to be forty minutes. Mm-hmm. And I still be doing it. Did you see that? What did you feel in the rules meeting? What did you feel from the fighters? I think the fighters all had a great sense of we're here to put on a great show. They all love jiu-jitsu. They all were very passionate about uh, no points and no advantages. We, uh, Our good friend uh, Dan Hubler, uh, who is essentially the – managing director or tournament director of the festivities he sent out a questionnaire to them so that we'd have hopefully a little bit of background info and on there uh he asked them like what is it that makes you want to do this tournament and all the guys were like i hate points i hate points oh i hate points (laughs) and it was such a consistent note that you could see that these guys they don't give a shit if yeah if there's one thing you can take away from it uh following along very nicely kevin uh but they wanted to be able to prove the versatility of their jiu-jitsu and their ability to do things that you can't do in traditional formats. And having that freedom, I think, gives you those more creative entries. It gives you those more insane scrambles because I don't know if you noticed this, but part of the thing that really made this event for me wasn't just the attack it's the attack after the attack. It's the attack into the defense to the attack. I was going to say, deceptive. can I say that it feels like we've morphed into a place in jiu-jitsu where certain guys are like, screw it. You get good at takedowns. I'm going to get phenomenal at countering takedowns. I can't tell you how many times uh, there was a bait and switch and not the most traditional like, uh, I want you to come here with a chess move that's three moves to 10 moves ahead i'm talking no have it this is your move you don't need to do all those 10 moves just have it and then let me go from there so it it bypasses a lot of simpler i think moves and makes it a little bit more complex Uh, but maybe i'm getting ahead of myself i will give you one clear example real quick which is to belabor your point about stalling and the fear of doing that at one point steven martinez told me that he was looking at his match and he said, yeah, yeah, I was kind of stalling there. And we were like, what? Wh- hold on. Steven, Mart- Steven mm-hmm. Martinez did not ever appear to be stalling no. at all. Which um, For I... For passing? Like, yeah, at a, well, that was a 170 pounder? Like, he never stopped trying to pass, ever. And yeah. submit along the way. Like, it got to the point where it wasn't... It was unclear if he was doing a knee pass or if he was trying to somehow knee bar you. Yeah, that was the hardest part about delineating it for him, which was he felt he could be perceived as stalling. But I think part of that is because of the perception at maybe other events where it's one of those things where it's like, no, this guy he's not advancing position. He's just sitting here using his pressure. (laughs) Mm, I think we got to get rid of that. Uh, so he he was saying that, and I think he knew that he was still applying the good kinds of pressure that gets you those things. And especially, uh, and we'll talk more about some individual matches, but when you're going up against somebody as lanky as Gordon Ryan, who has amazing ability to retain guard and to still be attacking as he's doing it, and at the same time is so wickedly adept at leg lock entries, it's a very tricky situation to place yourself in. I was 
phenomenally impressed by his game, obviously. But we, and he took second. Steve yes. Martinez like uh, really did some insane pressure pass and calf crush. That, that calf crush was the nice, most polite calf crush in the oh, history absolutely. of brutal calf crushes. I he kind of like made eye contact. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna start. <laughs> I will say this: that's the kind of calf crusher where if he doesn't say checkmate, I feel like somebody should have run. We out. all would have. We were all like, uh, the mats and should have yelled it. I almost took off my headset and was like, checkmate, motherfucker. No. But, uh, I respected his opponent too much to do that. And uh, Kev, I think maybe you can, before we move on from that particular thing, talk about the fact that it was a calf crush that was continuing into a pass, which makes it all the deadlier because it's then just like oh he's gonna pass me and what am i gonna do? oh and my legs oh, gone. oh good news bad news no bad news shitty news and yeah i i, I actually as he I, you didn't see the calf crush until john said it and the tap came it was like oh calf crush <laughs> just like immediately the, the hard and it was is, like oh, oh we only had the one angle and Oh, I feel, same with us. Yeah, and I feel like if we had maybe a second angle, we could have seen at least the setup to it. But it, I think it was a roll into it. And when he had it, you just look and you go, that was so expertly done that even if you had that second angle, it's not a guarantee you'd see it, but you feel like you would have had a fighting chance. So uh, props to him. Again, Kev, another very creative submission. And as you can see, he was going for that extended – uh, knee bar that he was uh, using, I think, against Tyler for a little bit um, when he was using the pass, and and it, it's great. I, I really have an appreciation for that type of game. And no one really had an answer for him. Um, he fought some great guys along the way, and I encourage everyone to go check out the event. You can see it on BJJBreakdown dot com, where our friend John Evans is hopefully doing, um, you know, just kind of posting it and stuff. And there was some good talk of. It w- it was just such a good event. Like so, I really hope people go and check it out. It was free, so it'll be put out there, and it will be something you can go watch. Just go turn it on, and if anything, watch the final match. And let's talk about Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he was obviously wearing a brown rash guard the entire mm-hmm. time, which is one of those moments where, like, okay, uh, yeah, we certainly have a belt system, and it certainly exists. But that guy is insane. There were a few fights that looked like he was absolutely losing until the moment he won it. Mm-hmm. There were a few times in that final match when he's fighting Steve Martinez, who had literally pressure passed his way into some very violent leg attacks and great submissions. And Gordon was wrapping his legs, doing that move you've seen Keenan do with attacks that we've seen Gary do, and it just looked like this tornado of crazy. <laughs> um, and obviously, he is a tornado of crazy. He's been training with Eddie Cummins. He's been training with Gary Tonin, whom we saw tear it up, and we'll talk about them. But, <laughs> wow. What the hell? Uh, I think the other thing that is uh, hard to talk about with Gordon, uh, he's very nicely been putting together a great resume over on the East Coast, and I know he's taking more and more opportunities to do uh, events like this. But when you have Gary Tonin speaking so highly of him and having that exposure to it, 
you may think somebody like him, a brown belt, a more recent brown belt, by the way. So if that wasn't scary enough, <laughs> That's, it sorry, is. brown it's belt scarier. Division. However, purple belt division, sigh of relief. We all did. We all took a deep breath. Yep. But uh, to see him make that level of jump where you would think, oh, man, he's facing this really, really good black belt who's uh, known for beating a whole bunch of people. We, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Steven Martinez has a lot of pressure. And it's so weird because that creative leg lock game that is over on the East Coast is a nice counterbalance. And I think we got the final uh, that a lot of people wanted to see. So a lot of people had Gordon Ryan as going all the way deep in it. Uh, you could even make the argument that people wanted to see Gabriel Argus in there, or you know, you you had a really good set of folks in this competition. But to to make it to that part and look around and see Gordon Ryan so comfortable, you have to wonder why. But then you remember he trains with Eddie every day. He's a student of John Danaher, who's uh, amazing with leg locks, specialized. And oh no shit! Just the way. <laughs> that they approach that and you realize all of those guest drop-ins that they have of all these really prominent jiu-jitsu athletes, you know, your GSPs, your Jake Shields, your, you name it. They just drop in there. Uh, even with Rory training, McCann. I'm sure with you know, Rory or even training with Henzo. I mean, who <laughs> Henzo, you may have heard of him. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but you getting access to all those people, I think makes you super comfortable to the point where, you may be recently a purple belt or a brown belt now, but you've been exposed to some really heavy games uh, to begin with. So uh, credit to him and, and a fantastic showing. And I couldn't have been more giddy that he got that triangle from the back. Beautiful. It was just, it was, sorry, I'm just having one of those moments where I, as I was watching it, it was like, at every turn, it's like, why doesn't he crank that more? And you could hear him explaining that afterwards. He's like, I thought I was going to crank it more, but then it just wasn't there. So I was like, oh, well. <laughs> and, I mean, that's one of those moves that I look at for somebody like you, and I go, I don't know why Kevin's not doing that more. But oh, I love it. that. I love that move. Um, it's a beautiful thing. I, it's hard to pull off on high-level people. That's, mm-hmm. that's why you don't see it more on me. That's phenomenal. It was just such a great. And so give us your, um, what's your highlight? What's your takeaway from the event? As a whole, I think the event for me was, I'll speak first from uh, just a jiu-jitsu fan perspective. I saw 15 matches that I would argue were not just fun. They were a great display of, what these guys can do artistic and, it was artistic today you know i i want to be very clear my sister who's never come to a grappling event ever before in her life she just she's become a fan of jiu-jitsu thanks to us on our show and a couple of her friends shout out shout out to chris Sparza. yes chris romero good people uh she sat there she took some photos was helping us out on the ones and twos just doing some some great in between and talent coordination but she looked at me and she goes, I was taking photos and you know what I saw? And I was like, what? She goes, I saw art and I don't understand everything. And I was like, well, I'll take a number. You're <laughs> Neither do I. I understood 150th, give or take. Mm-hmm. It, was tough. it was a tough day. And she was like, but I, I felt it was art and what these guys do is really cool and important. And I thought that was so cool that you could get someone who's never seen the sport, has a very, very small comprehension of what the sport is on a big level it doesn't watch a whole 
bunch of anything of this at all and was so enthralled by the true artistic skill of this. So compliments to the 16 people who stepped up to do this. And if we're talking from a production standpoint and from a, a commentary standpoint, uh, you know, it, it's very similar to doing this show, which is you don't get nervous about it. Obviously, sometimes whenever Kevin and I put this show together, it's kind of a logistical nightmare. We've got to coordinate a bunch of things. We've got to make sure all the technology works. But when you're in it and you get to work with one of your friends, you are having the best time in the world. You don't want it to end. Now, granted, you don't want to keep everybody there for 10 hours, but Psh, you also are enjoying yourself on a level that is uh, almost impossible to replicate. So being able to work with our good friend John Evans was – a blast. It was educational. I always feel that John does a great job explaining the concepts in such a way that is way easier to digest and makes it both good for the average practitioner all the way to the advanced practitioner. So uh, <laughs> getting to – Yeah. More really, on the really advanced was, uh, was today's display. Well, obviously. definitely. I mean, <laughs> But the nice part about it is John's not explaining the concepts in such a way that you go, well, I give up. I'm never going to learn this. With John, I always feel there's a hope that you can potentially become at that level or at least understand no, it. So, no, I, I, I'll, I hate John Evans. My, nope. my record's clear on that. Okay. I think he's full of it, and one day everyone's going to see that. Mm -hmm. uh, but you two were great. It was awesome. No, there was some really good explanations of what was happening and how it was happening. And there were times it was like, you know, this is really difficult to explain, but here, I'll give it a try. <laughs> and it was just like, so is his leg in the way? And it's like, yeah, his leg is for sure in the way. <laughs> and there was just some really good moments. So, no, I thought it was, I thought it was great along with uh, some, some good comedy. Yeah. Well, oh, and yeah. high school yearbook photo commences. God. These people, I don't even know how to explain it, but if you consider yourself an observer of comedy and the comedy of errors, you know, you're just kind of enthralled the entire time because things are going to go wrong. You know, something's going to be awry. Something may happen that's not as planned for both the competitors and for us on the commentary. But when you just learn to sit back and have fun, uh, you're you're having such a good time, honestly, Kev. There's there's no other high like it, and uh, I think I'll say this again. And I was telling people behind the scenes and and uh, kind of Kevin, which is the same dedication I think people have for like watching and reviewing tape of their their matches in jujitsu is kind of the same approach I have with doing commentary. So for me, this is like the high you get from competing. This is the high you get from. Man, I want to get back out there and do it again. So I think uh, – I don't want to give anything away, but I think we may be doing more of these. Woo. And I think John and I may be doing more commentary uh, at a couple other places. So you guys might want to stay tuned to hear more information about that. But uh, to everybody who worked it, and before we go any further, I just want to thank uh, Dan from uh, Nawaza uh, Apparel, Dan – Hubler, he was telling me he's like it's not Hubler, and I was like I'll say it any goddamn way I feel like it. Thank you. Uh, so I want to thank him. I don't want to thank uh, Travis Nawaza for giving myself and John the opportunity to do it, and I want to thank the following people: uh, Helen Thung, Jeremy Romero, Andre Levitiv, and uh, thank you guys for making that stream possible. Because if it wasn't for you guys, there wouldn't have been a stream. Period. And of course, 
to the 16 competitors, I'd like to say that I've learned better jiu-jitsu because of you that I will be able to replicate. That's not really what's going to happen, but uh, I definitely had a, a great time and pleasure calling all of your matches today. So thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. I'll tell you this. Gordon definitely inspired me. And to your point, I do think you you just touched on a thing, like the way you go over commentary. That is, a, that's as comedians, much like Tom DeBlas can remember, like, per minute the match he's lost like the points he's given up it's like you can remember exactly what joke failed and where you missed the punchline <laughs> just like by a little bit and it's always oh, yeah. like an interesting play by play in yeah. the mind you guys killed it today you well, were amazing i think we were fun i think we had a good time and uh you know just like everybody puts the uh, the posts after they compete or they put something up like that. Uh, the nice thing with myself and John is you have a virtual guarantee that the next time we come, we always come to give you a better and different experience. So that is something that I, I feel very happy to be able to promise you guys. And let's see what happens in uh, the coming months. So, oh, and by the way, can we give a nice uh, big, big shout out to Damian Nitkin, who was our uh, practice dummy the day before he was actually helping us test out the stream the night before and when he was doing that he and his partner chase from zenith they basically were like hey guys can you kind of like move around so we could test the camera to see if it'll move or if it'll autofocus too much if we do it do different options but don't like go too hard you have to compete tomorrow i turn my back for a second and then i look at the camera and they're going like it's a full round during competition and i was like what the shit is wrong with these kids does he not know he's competing tomorrow? They just have no respect for the body's authority. Mm-hmm. And it's youth, Raph. That's youth. who's to blame here. <laughs> <laughs> but Damien was also the individual who gave all of our knees a collective pause uh, earlier in the competition, made it to the semifinals, uh, ended up succumbing to, I believe it was Steven Martinez in the semifinals, but not without a huge and wonderful fight. So he definitely definitely impressed me and uh you will be hearing more from him i'm sure and uh seeing great things from him coming out of zenith jiu-jitsu in las vegas and he was very nice so i'll tell you why kev he uh very sweetly offered for me to go train with him oh yeah it was very sweet although i was like "Ooh, i've seen the way you roll no thank you <laughs> no. i'm busy <laughs> what when you didn't say a day well yeah say a day because he busy. also Sorry. Uh, mentioned in the post presser with us when we uh, sat him down, he was like, yeah, because I saw his him nursing his arm. And granted, that was a very strong Steven Martinez trying to rip it from his own body, if you would. And uh, all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, my arm. And I expected, I was like, hey, is your arm okay? He goes, yeah, I had an injury a week ago. And I go, what? He's like, yeah, I just competed on it. No big deal. I just, you know, I wanted to do it because that's the kind of person I am. I was like, we're different people. You're crazy. You live a different life than I do. So. I'm not interested in that. It's too Absolutely. Too so if you want to see the full interview of that or the other four, uh, the other three semifinalists, and that would include uh, finalists, uh, our good friends Stephen Martinez and Gordon Ryan, as well as a nice interview with Gabriel Arges, you can go check out that in the live stream over at bjj breakdown that's on youtube backslash bjj breakdown encourage everyone to do it raf i can't thank you enough verbal tap fans big moment here when you just stop 
um, just, you know, take a second to Raph's been carrying the load. I've been making my way out west to the mountains. There's been a few obstacles in the way, not just the 1,657 miles that lied between us, but several others. You've been carrying the load. We took a few weeks off. You've been watching. You're going to catch me up. I wanted to thank you for keeping this intimate tonight. It's just going to be Raph and I because I can't do any more change. (laughs) I'm done. I needed a break. I just needed a cozy corner podcast, and that's what this is going to be, and I'm happy that we're doing that. So my thank you to you, Raph, for holding down the ship while we made it out to the Denvies. Uh, not what we're going to be calling it. No. <laughs> don't worry. That was just I was trying it. Sorry. Sarah, early apologies. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss to the people of uh, the Rocky Mountain Denvies. <laughs> it's not wow. if you had Rocky Mountain. So, Raph, catch me up. Next, we I did see a good chunk of Polaris Pro. Thanks to you. Again, you made it possible because I was like mid-move. I had barely gotten internet. So he was like hooking me up with some feeds. He was like, hey, you're here. Again, Polaris really turned it up a notch, did they not? Kev. They were great. Uh, man, I want to be super frank with you. I did not expect them to come like this for their second event. And I want to be very clear about what that means. What that means is they had a wonderful first event and the rule of seconds, be it in movies, be it in events, be it in books, whatever it is, it doesn't live up to the original. And there are very small exceptions. And this proved to be one of those exceptions. And I can't tell you how wonderful it was to watch friends that we've made with Polaris Pro who not only delivered, but delivered in a way that was one of the most start to finish excellent jujitsu experiences I think I, I've seen in a while. And it was featured by one of the most exciting grapplers. There is Gary Tonin, who took out a Minari via heel hook, and it was fast <laughs> and it was brutal. Yeah. And it was one of the many amazing fights his teammate eddie cummings i am big i'm I'm, i've got a little bit of a crush on eddie cummings it's hard not to i think eddie is finally getting the due he's been deserved he's one of those guys who a lot of people love to credit john danaher and, and he is obviously the architect of it but if john danaher is the architect Eddie Cummings is definitely lead project builder. He's (laughs) overseer, project manager, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, General of awesomeness is, is, uh, I guess, what we'll we'll kind of coin here. But Eddie Cummings is fastly approaching a level of leg lockdom that is, is scary and maybe beyond reproach at this point. It can't be summarized in the terms of like, so here's what I was thinking as he was fighting. You do not know where it's coming from. So what would be your strategy against Eddie Cummings? We're going to we're gonna come back to Gary Tony, but what would be your strategy, Rav? Because 
if I may, and and I didn't fight him, so I always uh, mad props to whoever does. Uh, well, I'm my strategy wouldn't be to too. dangle my fucking ankle in front of him like chum in front of a great white. That's that's what it felt like. I could hear the Jaws music every time he put his leg anywhere near him. And by the way, guess what happened? He did that. He got caught and he got turned around and immediately taken. So, go ahead. Yeah, you're alluding, alluding to this. <sighs> okay. Yeah, Kevin put it out there. We are not as good at jiu-jitsu. We are layman's in terms of practitioners but it's a choice to dare someone and i know a lot of people who listen to this will think to themselves yeah but i want to beat him at his own game so i will stick my leg out there and be like just take it but let's talk strategy for a second i just it hurts my soul because eddie cummings I think we've seen better strategies implemented when people have put that top pressure almost like an MMA style of wrestling. I think we saw it a little bit with Joe Soto having the best answer to him over at, uh, I think it was uh, ABI4, and then at ADCC looking to see, you know, uh, Tranquillo like shutting it down. And that's a tough, tough thing to shut down. But giving him the leg. I just, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't do it, mm-hmm. and I won't. When I fight Eddie Cummings, and I think that day's coming, Raph. Uh, I hope it's not, Kev. You need to repair <laughs> your, your knee to begin with, and I don't think you need to be put right back into it. Fair. Yeah, I do have knee surgery coming up. As Raph reminded me, I need to call the doctor. I have the name of a good surgeon out here. I'm just waiting for the insurance stuff to all make its way. Not important. Okay. <clears throat> Here's what is important. Okay. Daniel Strauss and AJ Agazarm have an amazing back and forth. Okay. Daniel Strauss is one big, agile dude. He kind of looks um, like a European cyborg. <laughs> He's got that sort of frame of just big. And, and he and AJ fight. AJ afterwards calls out Keenan for Polaris 3. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on first the fight and second the call-out? Great fight. Really cool. Uh, AJ had a plan to get inside of Dan's head, and I don't know that it ever was truly successful. And that's not to say that AJ didn't have his moments here and there. Uh, He definitely still is evoking the dirtiest player in the game rule set, which, if you'll remember, you know, Dan was working, I think, on a heel hook, And AJ spun out for his life, as one should do. So that's within the rules. Not a problem. However, to be part of gamesmanship, AJ put his foot out and was like, Dan, take it. Take it. It's all yours, man. I want to prove to you I can get out of this even without the use of a ring out. Dan's like waving it off like, no, no. Kind of closes his eyes. AJ sees that moment of opportunity and proceeds to ankle pick him. At which point the audience starts to boo. Um, It's a choice. We are friends with AJ. And, you know, Kev, I have to ask this. Maybe AJ will never give us a straight up or down. But how much is he playing up to this for our enjoyment? 
I think to the nine ten, and he's on it. Like it's great. He's never quite gotten, and he I, for for him, like honestly, I think it's smart. After we talked to him, and we did have the chance to do it, when you talk to someone, your perspective changes. He's smart as hell. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is a high intensity grappler. He doesn't always get the respect or the admiration of maybe people that he is competing alongside. And how do you finally embrace that? Well, you embrace it and he's doing it. And frankly, it's fun. So screw it. I don't ever know what's going to come out of his mouth. And I bet the next time there are more mics there. So I'm in. Okay. So that's, that's one side. The fun part about watching this is for me, and maybe I'm wrong here, but how did you see that fight? If you had to pick a winner, who would you have picked? I would have picked Daniel Strauss. And why is that? He just seemed to be in some really good, uh, potentially dangerous places, and he just seemed to have more control as he wanted it. I would agree. I would then ask you to uh, rate the following approach, which is if you, Parse didn't win a match, do you get the opportunity to call out somebody? Fair. And I do believe what you're getting to is the juxta of maybe why Daniel Strauss did what he did. Raph, how impressed, scale of 1 to 10 comedy-wise, were you when Daniel Strauss it was like, Keaton Cornelius, I know you're watching. Uh, freaking million. I was so proud of him. Great work. And I, Great work. You, know, you mentioned that he kind of reminds – who do you remind you of again? He reminds me of like a European cyborg. Okay. I want to tell you he reminds me of a WWE wrestler by the name of Rusev. I want you to look up Rusev right now. So get on your computer and type it in. Okay. Type in Rusev, and obviously I know how to spell it. But R-U-S-E-V. R-U-S-E-V. Okay. Rusev, WWE. Uh-huh. Images. Holy balls, same guy. Same guy. <laughs> Crazy. I didn't know he had fought professionally in the WWE before becoming a competitive grappler. Cool. So- they sh- uh, you guys should have mentioned that on the broadcast. What the? Oh wait, you weren't on. Polara should have mentioned that on the broadcast. Well, you can't expect too much from Josh Palmer. Hey, I already told you, and I'm, I might write a letter to Josh Palmer. I thought he was magnificent. I thought he was spectacular. He, he was good for the UK. I thought. Well, uh, always grading on a curve here, ref. Yeah, for the UK goes without saying. Come does on. that sort of stuff doesn't you know that? Doesn't cut the mustard here stateside, but well, I'm just uh, hey, I'm going to tell him he made it an enjoyable experience for me. So I appreciated his accent. I appreciated his steadied and hurried breathing. I appreciated it all. <laughs> That's so mean. Now you're really throwing it in there. Well, I loved him. About, uh, I'm I might get a Josh Palmer tattoo. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to tweet him that in a few minutes. Uh, Josh, obviously a good friend of the show. So we can hassle him a little bit. It was a good sport. I'm glad he's he rocked it. See. You're razzing him. I'm being completely legit. You already what know was that. the the breathing thing that you said again, Kevin? Well, that part was a little bit of a just. I loved. I loved it though. Other comedians it was a compliment. will understand. Other comedians work, Kevin, especially when you're like, oh, compliment, 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 compliment. But uh, what about this? And compliment, guys. I'm just saying, I love him. I see what you're doing, Kevin. It's fine. Uh, Josh was fantastic on the mic. He had a really, really good night. I thought 
You know, he didn't wear shoes once, which was super impressive. But more than that, it wasn't Josh who we wanted to make fun of this time. And I think we may get together and do another around the mat because I think you guys seem to enjoy it. The good folks at Scramble and uh, Jiu-Jitsu Style really enjoyed it, and that was really heartwarming. We put that out last week. And thanks to all of you guys. Uh, it's doing very, very well. And we've gotten wonderful responses. And even from the athletes, we've, I mean, from Michelle Nicolini to uh, Keenan to, I mean, Jesus, everybody involved who we've tagged, uh, Daryl Connor, uh, it's just all these people saying really nice things about us. It, it makes us feel like we're doing a good job. So thank you guys for tuning in and helping promote that. But Kev, I'll say this. The one thing we wanted to make fun of was the other commentator. And tell me if this is a little off on the way you heard him during the telecast. Okay? Go for it. All right. Well, out here, he's going to come on do that. Oh, yeah. He's all now doing that. <laughs> well, this is what they call in the biz a little American jousting. Yeah, it is. And, Raph, not all of us have the superior dialect you have. That's what I sound like when I'm drunk and trying to commentate in England. Oh my God. Yeah, he's your equivalent over there. <laughs> Everybody calls him the Kevin Phillips of <laughs> UK. BJJ Commentary. UK BJJ is actually a really cool name. UK BJJ Commentary. Let's go ahead and trademark that. Uh, I was, was going to say, I was like, do we get that? How do we... Lawyer. Uh, can someone lawyer. call Gordon? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so glad that Kevin has no idea how to make it happen. So he just says, lawyer. That means we're protected, right? No, Kevin. It does not. Um, Kev, what were your favorite parts from it? Uh, Gary's fight was amazing. Eddie's fight was amazing. Look... Whenever Michelle Nicolini gets on, I'm watching and I'm enjoying. There's there's not going to be a there's not going to be anything that gets in between that. She has been competing at such a high level, so uncontested for so long. I think she got caught. Oh well, she did. No. Well, she definitely got caught. Jazari Matuda finishes her via jumping arm bar and it was beautiful and it was fast and you could see the look on Nicolini's face it was just like oh fuck yeah damn it and i know she was bummed out about it but the thing that i would love to remind her is she's still super sick at jiu-jitsu i don't know if that's apparent to her but maybe she should see every other one of her matches ever in life it was, as usual, a great match. It never, I mean, it always is. Like, that's the beauty of it. That's what you have to do to beat her. You have to come out and do something she wasn't prepared for. By the way, good luck trying to do it again. That's what I was, I was just like, well, I was going to do that to Michelle Nicolini. Damn it. Well, you Now, how there. am I supposed to beat her? <laughs> you went there. I started thinking, uh-oh. I feel really bad for whoever fights her next. Dude, that's like I'm MMA or jiu-jitsu. It's like, this one's going to fester. You could see it on her face. It's like, like, leave this <laughs> soul. She almost, you, it was almost, and Rav, tell me if you didn't, I had this feeling. This was my one guilty moment. I was like, I hope Nicolini's like, can we do one more? Can we just one more? Like, I I thought I could see it in her eyes. She was like, no, they probably won't let us. I was like, do it. Do it. Do it. I saw that Nicolini had that thing that was kind of like, 
hey, guys, when's the next event? Can we do that? Can I get to there now? No? Okay. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, take out an audience member. No big. It was... Uh, we Hey, this is a verbal tap public service announcement to whoever fights Michelle Nicolini next. Just be careful. Just come in yeah. there prepared. Don't seriously. She had that look. And <laughs> that... We're we're talking about great matches. So yeah, I know that we just talked about like half of the matches at Polaris, and that doesn't even give you the full spectrum of everything. No. But I would love to touch very quickly upon uh, the other matches. Like sometimes you say, "Oh, I missed the first half. How was that? They aren't usually that good, are they?" No, start to finish, great matches. And I think it's really, really important to mention how much fun it was to watch Barrett Yoshida and Hobson Mora because by all means and purposes, you would think that maybe a place like Metamorris wouldn't be interested in that match or maybe other places wouldn't be interested in that match. And you would be wrong too because I saw Barrett Yoshida get out of an armbar in a way that would make young people applaud and envious and I thought that was spectacular and you know I mean that's not to say that he was getting overmatched because he was able to put on a crucifix and Kev I would love to be able to one day have a game where you could just get crucifixes at will I I would love to just get one would be great (laughs) one good crucifix crucifix I'm sure would feel awesome Uh, so I just I love I love seeing that, and I love seeing him kill it there. Well, it, the, in the entire event, so our hats off to Polaris Pro too. They did some really, I mean, they did some really good upgrades, which yeah. was just kind of what you're hoping for, and they did it. So that takes us to Raph, and I'm excited to hear about this. Mm. Polaris Pro Two was great. We're already excited for it. We should talk briefly. We released the video coverage from around the mat for Polaris Pro 1. Right beforehand, there was a huge push. If you have been a fan of the show, you obviously saw it. It was amazing. You rafted some unbelievable editing to it. There was replays. It was the next level stuff. This was good. This was ESPN-esque. <laughs> and frankly, grappling, you are looking for next level coverage. That's where you need to go. Our around the mat series for those videos, you're going to get some unique perspective. You're going to get some people. You're going to see Raph and I square off with the rest of the community, <laughs> and Raph takes me off the chain. Like it's up to him. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm usually drinking, and he encourages it a lot of the time. It's crazy. I don't know that you I should see it. it. I think I have to work around it. But you, you have potato. <laughs> like uh, the audience, like, well, that sounds like you being a nicer version of normal. So that's you know nope, basic nope, acquiescence. Here's what happens: Kevin gets on a stream, and I go, Kevin, how drunk are you? And Kevin goes, I'm drunk. You are. And I go, Ooh. oh, well, all right. I guess we have to film now. I would say it. though, Kevin. Uh, part of the appeal that makes that show so much fun to work on, obviously, we get to talk with people like Paul Moran, uh, my BJJ podcast arch nemesis, who's maybe one of the worst people in the world, uh, but occasionally brings up a good point or two. Yeah. So it is always fun to, to chat with him and remind him why he's wrong about just about everything. 
and to let him know what a real podcast uh, experience is like. And then, of course, obviously, John Evans guested on that one. And we had some great drop-ins from uh, Matt from Scramble and Cal from Jiu-Jitsu Style. I thought that was spectacular to be able to talk with them. And I think the thing that really makes Polaris and part of the reason why we we got behind it so much, and I know Paul in, in the same heartbeat is – Getting to hear their stories, you don't get to hear that everywhere. You don't get access to hearing how incredibly hard it is to put those events together. At Metamorphosis, it's always shrouded in secrecy. It's like, oh, that event, yeah, it was really, really easy. And then you find out from the athletes themselves, oh, yeah, I was going to be in it, and then I dropped out, and then this guy came in, and this guy came in. You never know those things uh, from the actual organization. No, uh, and and we're still like – starting to broach on and you know this is what's nice about some of the post coverage mm-hmm. is you can really see what uh what the community thinks of it which is a rare yeah. thing yeah. but i need you to take me through adcc okay that's so, where we have to head and yes. you know check out the polaris pro 1 coverage check out polaris pro 2 wait for more coverage please Tell me about ADCC. I was traveling while it was happening. I was literally like packing, and anyone who's ever done that knows they don't ever want to do it again. Yes. And uh, uh, you know the saddest part about ADCC when Kevin was telling me he was moving that exact That I was weekend. in Indiana <laughs> while Keenan was fighting Yuri. Is and that it, what the saddest part is, Ref? Well, it's more so sad in the, the respect that uh, it only happens every two years, and Kevin just happened to be so dumb he picked the wrong weekend to move. And that when that does happen, you see very sad Kevin. And uh, John and I got together. We did a marathon stream there. Uh, I think all together we did about 16 to 17 hours of commentary. We did a live supplementary uh, on-air podcast to complement the ADCC stream from Budo Videos. And we want to thank them for allowing us to do that. But Kev, I want to tell you that was fun. It was incredible to interact with so many people who tuned into us. And frankly, I was surprised that many people did. This was the radio thing. Yes. Tell me, first of all, where you found this place, what it was. Talk people a little bit through what you did because this is amazing. So if you hadn't heard it, hey, I and here's what's weird, Raph. I'm going to tell him what I said to you mm. like right before I left. Remember? I don't know if you do. I said, I wish there was just a way I could listen to you watching it, commentating on it. So you had a live feed and it was like broadcast and I could turn on a station and listen to it while I was driving. Mm -hmm. Describing what one would call terrestrial radio. Mm -hmm. But that is a difficult thing to exist because it's mostly run by asshats and morons and people that were in the ad business in the 80s. So Mm -hmm. you did something similar. I couldn't tune in, sadly, because it wasn't satellite beam to our Forester. (laughs) But you were doing an internet radio coverage. How did that come about? How did you find the thing? Were you inspired by what I had asked you, which was could you beam out your analysis over the internet? No, not at all. I Damn it. I thought talking. it was a real rocky moment. <laughs> Fuck. I yeah. had I had I of the Tiger queued up. Kim Davis ruined it. You a, you that. showed me that. That's your yeah, fault. You're welcome. B, go on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want you to know I'm over here celebrating like Kim Davis. So I basically have <laughs> my arms in a field goal position and 
I'm just now crying as I am lowering myself down like a robot. Um, guys, I'm so glad that I did that joke because that joke's going to kill in two years when people don't know who the fuck she is, and rightfully so. Hopefully they forget her forever and ever. But guys, I decided this. You know, this was a co-creation uh, with John, John Evans, of course, and last ADCC in 2013, he and I were over at his house, and we realized that there is a secret society of diehards who get together every few years. And it's like you're in a club when you watch ADCC like this. And you show that you're truly committed to grappling when you stay up for all parts of the night or early parts of the morning and you watch grappling coverage. But the one thing you really, really do miss out on is as much as you want to tweet out things – there's nobody to actively engage you in the community. And we noticed that was something that was missing. So as far back as two years ago, John and I said to each other, man, this would be a lot of fun to do. And John and I were looking at different possibilities, like different streaming capabilities. We wanted to do a video live chat. In retrospect, it was also probably great practice for Nuaza. Absolutely. It was part of my, which is awesome. My, my yeah. Requiem for yeah. Your, your, your pre-show boot camp, which mm-hmm. is like eight hours of live radio. Absolutely. It's the only way to go. Cause how long is it going to go? You never know. Uh, it's of the dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge ball mentality. So I said, if we can survive that, we can survive anything. And I'll tell you those eight hours, as stupid as it may sound flew by. Because, again, John made it really fun to commentate with. And it felt like we got to leave our contribution to ADCC in a way that was fun and hopefully engaging for the community. But like I said, I was so surprised people fucking woke up at 5 a.m. with us. Because 5 a.m. to me was a true moment where I said, how committed am I to (laughs) jiu-jitsu? Am I really going to do this? (laughs) That is, uh, perhaps to you. So yeah. you guys were doing live radio of it. Mm-hmm. Talk me through some highlights. Here's what I know. Mm-hmm. I know the final didn't get much jazz for the for the uh, open. Mm-hmm. I know people were railing <laughs> about uh, Jeff Glover and Geo. I saw that fight. Mm-hmm. Hodolfo choked out Ben Henderson. Hodolfo was apparently. You know, displaying some no geek craziness. Keenan didn't seem to win anything. Claudio Clausens might have won something. Could you talk me through what happened? Yeah, Claudio essentially won a grueling open weight category. It was a little surprising. Uh, But, I mean, if you're familiar with this game, you know he's definitely top level. It was just a right combination of right time and right place for him. Uh, it ended up just going all the way to a decision, which I don't know if you know in ADCC means forever. So that was interesting to see. Uh, I was just really, really entertained by so many matches, though, at ADCC. And since you asked, let's talk about a couple highlights. First of all, let's talk about the year of Mackenzie Dern. When T.P. Grant was on the show, I mentioned it. And I said, it'll be interesting to see if the year of Mackenzie Dern continues. And I remember you saying that. And I remember thinking, it will be interesting <laughs> to see if the year of Mackenzie Dern. Go on. 
And I think that is awesome to be able to see her so happy. And again, I know we made a note about uh, McKen- or, uh, Michelle Nicolini losing via armbar, uh, like jumping armbar in what she felt was embarrassing. But it happens. We all get caught. However, if you're looking at the, the larger scale of her match against Mackenzie Dern, she's beaten her before. So the question was, was the momentum of Mackenzie Dern going to be enough to take out a, a top-notch competitor like Michelle Nicolini? And Dern did it, and it was amazing, and it was beautiful to watch her you know, achieve one of her dreams in life. So props to her for that. Yeah, Mackenzie Dern is an ADCC champion, among many other things this and year. I think that people forget when we're talking about the greatness of Gary Tonin and Eddie Cummings that yes they are superstars make no mistake of that in the world of jiu-jitsu however that's how you know the competitive pool is so intense that they didn't even make it to like the final rounds or the semifinals that's how intense things got and in one of the more ridiculous displays of well, I guess this is what really open weight means. Gary was fighting Vinny Magales. What? Yep. Wait, you got to see Gary Toted fight Vinny Magales? Yep. Fuck How do you, you think that match went? Don't fuck don't, you. No, no. I mean, I I would imagine Gary did some very interesting moves while Vinny did some very serious pressure passing. And Vinny seems like the type of egotistical grappler that was like, hey, I wonder if he can hurt my feet. Tried a few times, didn't go well. And Vinny ended up winning by points. Yep. So Is that exactly what happened? No. Uh, what you did get right was the Vinny being like, hey, I think I'm going to go ahead and attack his feet because uh, fuck him. Let's see what happens. And these two had a fun exchange. And I mean, Gary's great. But Vinny put it to him that match. And if anything, it looked like a wonderful exchange that I could actually watch them do another match or two. And I think I'm not even sure it might have even been like ref's decision or whatever it was. Uh, And Gary looked maybe vaguely surprised, but not terribly. And the two of them just seemed to be chatting around and, and complimenting each other like, that was a really good attempt. Yeah, man, I thought so too. That was a really cool attempt. You, what you were doing there was really great. Oh, man, thanks. I know. So uh, to see that camaraderie between two people who are sick nasty with their leg attacks and probably for the better part of this conversation have rubber feet one-upping each other and complimenting each other afterwards. That was – how do you – Compliment someone's rubber feet. Uh, you well, extend your foot and it's like, you, yeah, you extend it, but then you do the circle. Oh, you wrap it around their neck. Like, hi. <laughs> That's <laughs> disgusting. Okay. It's so weird. <laughs> what else was great? I don't know, Kevin. It's hard to concentrate when you're creating the dumbest metaphor possible. Um, let me think. Uh, they were great. Uh, Yuri Samos was very, very good in what he was doing. Uh, I mean, Yuri's biggest claim to fame throughout this whole tournament was his wrestling, and it was impressive. You know, I mean, he was able to find a really, really good set of matches that really, really explosively showed how much he had worked on it. Um, so it was very, very cool to see that. Hadolfo, I mean, Adolfo's just – I know you mentioned him with, with 
Benson, but Hadolfo's just on such a wonderful level that it is great to see him compete. And I I know he didn't make it to uh, absolute as far as he would have liked to, but I'm just happy we get to see him whenever because you know <laughs> it's going to be so amazing. And uh, I've told people this and I said it on the podcast that we were doing that day and I'll say it till the day I die. You know when you're looking for those heroes that you'd love to base your game on? I, every part of me would be like, man, it'd be so sick nasty to have a game like Hadolfo. Uh, but I'm not that fast. <laughs> and there's no way I'll ever pass with that velocity. <laughs> ever. He's so brutally strong. He looks like he's constantly being thrown from a helicopter. Uh, <laughs> he probably is. That's probably his mentality. You probably broke the third wall with him. But he's I'll like, tell you this: he's much, gonna uh, kill me. Absolutely, <laughs> he's, he's, he's gonna like, be like that guy must die. How dare he give away my secrets? That was my number one advantage over everybody. So Adolfo, obviously, uh, this just in, still good at jujitsu. And uh, I'm trying to think, Kev, was there any other kind of questions that you had from ADCC that I can elaborate for you? How did Keenan do? Keenan did very well. He didn't win, but he was thinking of you the whole time. Oh, that makes me nice. That makes that, me feel good. I can't Thank prove you. that. Though. Hey, just that everybody was thinking it. He fought Yuri Simoz mm-hmm. in the final. That must yeah. have been badass. Yeah. Uh, obviously, good stuff to watch. Keenan, just, I mean, Keenan gave you exactly what you had come to expect from him. So, always good stuff from him. What the fuck happened between Cyborg and Galval? A fight I was excited about, a fight I was super disappointed to hear, has a cloud over it. Okay, I want you to walk me through what you think you read. I think I read that Cyborg has some sort of heart thing, where his breathing will speed up and he can't control it, and it happened right before the fight. Yeah, he didn't look like him in that match in the least. And it was it was not cool to see him just not in the right place. Like, I, I don't know what it is. And this is the toughest part about ADCC. When you win is then you defend that title two years later. And I don't know if you know this, but a lot can happen in two years. And so he's a force at all times. Like there's never been a time Cyborg's not at least a force. And from my read of the landscape, Galvon kind of owned him. And so there was immediately like, hey, what's going on with Cyborg? Is he all right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't don't know. So anyway, yes, it, it came to light a little bit later that, Part of the reason why he probably wasn't what he was supposed to be on that day's tournament was something was affecting his heart. Uh, and it would explain why Andre Galvo, who in his own right is amazing, just kind of had his way. And it looked like a very disinterested cyborg who seemed at times uh, disengaged. At some point I was like, is he shobbing? And then you, you just get really nervous for him and you're hoping that something's okay. When you read something to the effect of, he has a health issue. You, you feel super bad. Well, hopefully, 
you know, it just kind of feels like this is what happens. We we really built up ADCC 2015, and I do right. think, by and large, it had some moments, but by and large, it also was a little disappointing, by and large. Seems like people weren't like, hey, sure. there are all these takeaway I mean, moments. Let's let's give credit to the people who really saved ADCC. Uh, you can talk about the fact that somebody like, oh, I don't know, Davi Ramos comes Davi. in with a flying armbar that just – that is the stuff of dreams. That is exactly the way you want to win. And uh, I'm jealous of it. you got to give credit to Cobrinha because, man, he's so good at what he does. It's so sick to watch him do what he does. And uh, to to win again in that category of rooster weight is truly impressive. Everybody was talking about Jeff Glover and Geo. I, you know, on air it was really scary to see that power bomb from uh, Geo. Oh God, we haven't even talked about that. The the take so Glover had a triangle sort of locked in, and Geo slammed him, which is legal. Crazy. And it was it was very very nerve wracking because it is nerve wracking. It's like we've well, been I know in a lot that of position. People are, are of that mindset of well, he knows the rules. Uh, he should just let it go, and that's true. He, it is his responsibility to let go of the triangle if he's not going to finish it. But I would argue he had a good triangle to the point where you know Geo's best response was to pick him up and slam him out of that to get out of the submission. I just felt that after I saw Jeff Glover so woozy that he wasn't even like his arms were just spaghetti at that point. It just, uh, it wasn't quite great. So, uh, you know, unfortunate, but I think Jeff seems to be okay or as okay as he normally could be. Uh, I also want to give a huge credit out Kev to our good friend, Jared Dopp. Yeah. He's always – I saw a little bit about his performance, but go ahead, please. Jared Dopp took second in his weight category, was within an arm's reach of uh, winning, but uh, unfortunately did not come up with uh, the prize uh, because he ran into a much larger brick uh, that unfortunately seemed to uh, give him a little bit of pause. Do you know what this brick's name, Kevin, is? No. What is it? Uh, well, it got all the way to the very end. And this brick, let me let me see if I could describe it for you. Imagine being told that you're going to fight in the super heavyweight category, right? And yeah. Jared Dobbs a big guy. He's normally he's huge. Yeah, I mean, he's guy. like... He terrifies me in his physique. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's kind of cool to be put into that, that situation where you really look like you got things going on, right? You, you might win it. But then you run into a brick named Orlando Sanchez. And then it stops being fun where you're fighting a behemoth, a huge guy whose uh, wrestling is super great for being that big. He's not only nimble, but he's able to move almost faster than Dop at times. And for the first few times, Jared Dop got taken to what we like to call suplex city, as Brock Lesnar <laughs> says, and uh, got suplexed like three times straight in a row. And then Jared Dop did this like 
weird, like, warrior, like, I love it, let's do more, as he still has his back compromised. And you're like, this is the strangest thing in the world. This is terrifying. So anyway, that was also part of what we got to see. Uh, also want to give big ups to uh, Shanji, who uh, he's sick. <laughs> Shanji is timeless, man. He's genuinely like, OK, so I poked a little bit of fun his direction. I'm just going to mea culpa this ref if I don't if I may be so bold. Mm-hmm. Mea culpa. I did not think he was going to make a year-long run at being one of the most exciting grapplers of 2015, which is what he's been. He's been consistent and brutal and just there's no one he can't sweep. Like, it's really difficult. And frankly, gi or no gi, he's old school. He's new school. He's amazing, and he's in some shape. That's one brutal dude. Yeah. So really, really cool stuff there. And, you know, I mean, you can't complain. Those those were probably some of the biggest highlights. I'm sure we could be missing more, but it feels like that event was like nine years ago. I will say one more uh, big, big mention, which is Gary Tonin versus Dylan Dennis. If you guys haven't seen this match, do yourselves a favor. Treat yourselves to it. It's awesome. You heard it from Raph. Raph. Before we took the hiatus, we did UFC 191. And UFC yes. 191 has by and large been exactly what we said it might be. Which was? Which was a card that people weren't going to pay for. And I can only attest for my attempt to try it in Denver. But the Rockies, who have zero chance at making the playoffs, wow. were having a game. And the four bars around my area in Denver, which is right in the north downtown, is amazing. It's like over like in the mountains. Anyway. Uh, none of that. No, no one was playing. They were like, eh, we didn't pick the fight up. Sorry. <laughs> Cause turns out Johnson versus Dobson too. ended exactly like maybe Johnson versus Dobson one did. No one remembers, but mm. not the biggest historic payday. Do you have a comment about how I did an over under Kevin versus TB? Right. Okay. Did you call him TB fucking Grant? TP motherfucking Grant. Oh, okay. Uh, our good friend TP actually joined me for a little bit of uh, play-by-play on the ADCC stream. Oh, so I want to awesome. say a big thank you to him. It was fun to introduce him to John and for them to bro love out. And that was fine. So that was entertaining. Um, not so good news on how he did, though, Kev. Why is that? How did he do? Well, he got four out of 11, right? Oh, how many did I get right? How many did I get right? You. I don't know that I want to say. Say it. You had five picks. Right? Hey there, mama. Don't you see me wrong? <laughs> Grant. Suck it. How? <laughs> Was that a song how or something da, sort that you were da, doing? Da, da, bow. Feeling good, ref. Wow. About to hit mm-hmm. auto-tune and guitar up this bitch. Look out. Ah, victory is in the air. It's a whole can... new era <laughs> out here in Denver, Raph. Spike. Well, you made these picks back in D.C. Shut up, but my luck has changed. <laughs> I hope not, because uh, what does he have to do? Do you happen to remember? 
Yes. He what has to eat the deep dish while explaining that it's just glorified lasagna. And that he's Damn. not really into it as a Chicagoan. Wow. Wow. That's that's going to hurt. Did we ever mention that he needs to go to the same bathhouse as Andrei Orlovsky? <laughs> yes. That was a stipulation, if I recall. Mm. Uh, so anyway, congratulations to you, Kevin. That's the first win in, well, a while. Why do you have to say it like that? I will because the, the fans, they need to know. They knew. Don't be such a dick. Uh, I just want to help. Dead positivity. And it's not just uh, the 140 milligrams of weed I ingested. <laughs> this is <wow>. real. <laughs> I'm so glad that you have the specific amount. Well, I'm not reckless. Mm-hmm. Okay. You did not see this as you have alluded to earlier. What do you want to know about this night? Nothing. Don't care. Uh, okay. Frank Mirlos. That sucks. Uh, no, some people would say he didn't and I didn't care enough to be one of them. So Anthony rumble Johnson won destructive knockout did exactly what understudy Corey Anderson should have been looking to do the entire fight. Uh, however, uh, Corey Anderson's defeat over Jan Blachowicz or Blachowicz basically was so bad that there were two judges who scored at 30-25. That seems like a very difficult score to get. Mm-hmm. It's one that he ended up, uh, like, doubled over and had his hands on his knees as they go. And two judges score the contest. 30-25. What? Oh, my heart. My heart. Um, no. We're fucked. It's not going to happen. Well, I'm sorry for Frank Mears' loss. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Come on and talk uh, about it if you want. We're happy to. So uh, so anyway, so there's that sort of stuff. Paige Van Zant picked up an armbar submission, Kev. And, okay, you know Paige Van Zant, yes? Yes. What was the first thing you think they compared an armbar win to? Um, That time that... <laughs> Showtime Pettis did it against Anthony Benson Henderson. Don't we all wish? Nope. Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Because oh, both it. of them are women. And, and they did an armbar. Yep. And if we're being very honest, let's just say that Paige Van Sant's armbar was the Walmart version of Ronda Rousey's armbar. Not that it was a bad armbar. It was very, very good. But we don't need to compare everything to Ronda Rousey's armbars. Ronda Rousey's armbars are kind of a in a league into themselves and b she's not the only one that uses them so just hey, for future reference that's uh <laughs> news to me as a jiu-jitsu mm. practitioner i just thought that ronda was the only one that armbarred people but when now you that i know with the rest you of you us just go i just pulled a ronda yeah i'm gonna start saying that out loud <laughs> that's good stuff <laughs> So is that it? Yep. The page reads and the next Ronda Rousey. Everybody, everything else. Yeah, is... That's that's what happened on that one. Um, what else do we have for you? Ross Pearson over Paul Felder. Uh, sure, John Lineker over Francisco Rivera. Sure, it was a submission with the guillotine. Choke. Raquel Pennington, tough seventeen. <laughs> Still, nope, not the right one. Nope. Still, just We're blindly good. calling out. We're good. Seasons of Ultimate Fighter. Speaking of which, there is a new Ultimate Fighter 
Uh, Kevin and I have toyed with the idea of bringing something back. I can't tell you up or down of it. I haven't had the time to look at it yet, but I hear it's wildly entertaining. And I don't know, Kev, do you want me to preview what I've kind of been working on? I really do. Okay. It's a work in progress. So stay with me here. You ready? Yeah. Warning. This is a work in progress. And here we go. Alright, well, now, I'm going to be in the Ultimate Fighter, and I'm basically going to be the main reason any of y'all are tuning in, because I'm also Irish, and I say things that most people are thinking. Uh, yeah, bro, you know what I mean? Like, uh, me and TJ, we, like, we might fight, but we probably won't, because uh, I got a butt chin, and I'm really excited to be a part of this. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm just going to go surf if that's cool with you guys. Cool. All right. See you guys on the high 10. Okay, bye. <laughs> and scene. Uh, are you saying there's a chance you've been witnessing or in somehow ingesting the ultimate fighter, whatever season this is, McGregor versus Faber? 22. You knew the number? You knew the number? You knew the number? You knew the number? You knew the number. Is somewhere in there. That yeah. was a test, um, Raph. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's twenty. What was it? <laughs> twenty-two or twenty-two? Yeah. Of course, it's Please twenty-two. Please on that. Um, Jeez. I'm not promising you guys anything. I will say we are very happy for Ryan Hall to make it in, and of all things, to make it in via heel hook, which I know grappling nerds around the world united and the had their grappling included heart. big yes. fan of ryan hall yes yes you are you're a huge fan of ryan hall even though ryan you really hall. don't have very similar games but no we don't have similar you games you love to hall. play his game so that is good ryan hall yeah but yes if uh if you guys are good maybe maybe just maybe something will happen and seen Raph, what a podcast. Welcome back, Verbal Tap. Thanks for the life hiatus. Thanks for staying <laughs> tuned. You've been busy, fortunately, Raph, like doing yeah. other things and like commentating and radio. So mm-hmm. people have had outlets to hear and see us. And I got to tell you, I got a little tingly when I saw our logo. On the Nuaza page, I logged on, was, saw it was free, clicked it, of course, and was like, oh, Beach is a break job. Oh, my God, this is <laughs> So, Giddy had a lot of fun today watching that while well, there was some football going on. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Cannot wait to keep delivering more up-to-date coverage. MMA's picking up the spring is so far away because it's time for the best season of all fall. Raph, football's here. Our fantasy football has started. Do you want to address what a great draft I had? Uh, hold on. Let's see how you're doing. You're doing amazing. I already saw shit. Hold on. How are you? <laughs> this is real, people. I don't care if you enjoy this. I enjoy this. This is what's going on. People are like, I don't know about your fantasy football league business, but we... <laughs> Definitely don't care. There's the ad from ESPN popping up. Here's the thing. Raph and I play with some of our friends across the years. Raph's friends, my friends. There's a few of them I definitely am friends with. Uh And there's a few that 
over the years we've grown a friendly rivalry. Mm. And this year, right now, I have 154.1. I have a few players left. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of players left. Mm-hmm. I have six left. What's mm-hmm. yours doing? Let's just check out this scoreboard. You tell me. Oh, 205. Oh, but you're done. You are out of. No, you have one player left. Fuck. Oh, it's a defensive player. So at most, guys, yeah, like four points. Though, so, geez, really? Your Jacksonville player had nine tackles, scored you seven. Uh, it's asinine points league. It's not asinine points. It requires you to pay attention, which is Kevin's Weak biggest. Suit. Well, it's one of te- Kevin's 19 biggest weaknesses. But I still have six players to play, and I have 154, including a little guy named Adrian Peterson, Tevin Coleman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jordan Matthews, Mike Wallace, mm-hmm. two defensive juggernauts. So there's a lot to go here. Tony mm-hmm. Romo had 69 points. Damn it, I started Brady with 58. What a weird, dumb strategy. I know. I thought 58 was good. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, but you've you've learned your lesson, Kaz. Time for shout outs, right? Let's get Who shout-outs. was talking about that? I can't remember. I would like to shout out my family who hosted Victoria and I on our trip out here. That was very nice of them. Victoria in general, Raf has been she moved out here with me. Can you believe that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have either, but you know, done. It's already Nothing but something to regret. Can't can't take it back now. She was amazing. Did a ton of driving out here. It was so great as we left D.C. We got to see everyone we loved so much. Got to train with the guys I loved. It was an amazing last few weeks. Here we are starting a new comedy coming, jiu-jitsu coming. I do need to get surgery. And my shout-outs, in addition, go to the people at Nuwaza. I was just genuinely effing impressed. There was a great amount of fights going on. It looked like one of the coolest things I've seen in a really long time in jiu-jitsu. The commentary was excellent. It was funny. It was poignant. It was good. The matches, despite being a long event, were quick and moving, and it was great. Can't wait to see what the next installment looks like. I got a video headed Dan Hewler I started working on very soon. I owe it to him after a loss. That's going to do it for me, Raph. Well, obviously, uh, I want to shout out Kevin and Victoria. Uh, I think it's a great new chapter in their lives, so I'm looking very much uh, forward to seeing them enjoy their new Denver setting. And, you know, the fun part is you guys don't ever really get to see uh, the fun that Kevin and I have off air uh, as much as you, you really should. But uh, Kevin was sending me photos of his apartment and was just really giddy. And so as a friend, I guess I can call myself a friend. I don't really like to. But as a friend, it is nice when you see your friend excited that they are going to do something new and fun and embark on a new part of their life. So we obviously all here, I'm sure all of you, and I speak for the fans, wish Kevin uh, the best as he now pursues that. If you are in Denver, Colorado, you now have a new target. So friends, 
you should know that Kevin has mentioned his knee isn't great. And he's really, really been into this whole, like, he's texting me and he goes, man, all I want to do after watching Eddie Cummings is work nothing but heel hooks and knee attacks. And actually I was like, accurate. Your knee I want to work heel hooks. Done. <laughs> and I said, isn't your knee dead? And he goes, fair point. I reconsider that now. So... You know, guys, I mean, Kev, I don't know. Maybe you should just go somewhere and just say, like, hey, guys, heel hooks only because I'm going to get this surgery anyways. I do think that you and I talked about that as, like, not a terrible strategy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you might as well double down on it because you don't want to have to get another surgery. Although, if you are working that, I will let you know that is going to be my next goal when we roll together. Yeah, that's fair. I would like to break what you've fixed yeah. if I can do that right. Well, uh, so obviously big thanks uh, to all of that. Big thanks to all of you again uh, for making not just Nawaza, making our ADCC stream popular, making our Polaris stream popular. Uh, I know this is weird to make it feel like this is the first podcast in several weeks, but we've never been out of your guys' ears or your sites. So we like to stay active. We love that you guys keep suggesting us and i know it's really stupid but every time i see you guys uh share our show it is so great it is a great uh reminder and reconfirmation that what we do is appreciated so don't think that's ever lost upon us so thank you guys for sharing and telling people what a great show that we have here we like to think it's pretty fun and you know kev the the great part is when you go to other gyms and you meet new fighters and they ask you they're like what's uh your podcast name and I'm like, oh, verbal tap. They go, I love that show. And I'm like, yeah, I'm that idiot. That's me. Yeah. And uh, there's a nice moment of, you know, they they like what we do, and it's it's a fun exchange. Uh, so I also want to say a thanks to Savant and Herb Dean over at Fight Academy for letting us in their doors today. Uh, it's cool stuff. And we had a great talk with Savant, who he was telling me, he's like, dude, your name's Verbal Tap, right? He goes, I love that name. And I was like, me too, man. <laughs> too and i proceeded to tell him the story of how at the very beginning of all of this i remember distinctly coming up with the name verbal tap sending it over to kevin and saying i think this is what we should call the podcast and kevin goes nah nah i don't know nah and then we got to publishing it and kevin's like i guess it's verbal tap and then a month later kevin goes this name is amazing and i'm like "Uh uh-huh i know that (laughs) That's not how I remember it at all. You don't remember anything. So I can tell you because this is how it went. It was me saying, I think, hey, Kev, I think we should call it Verbal Tap. I think it's a really good name. No response. <laughs> Red. Mm. It's a cool name, don't you think? I'll scroll Red. back through the annals. No response. You can. It's all, it's all all done. You're tired of your BS. <laughs> Tired of your dumb memory. Might be how it went, but we'll find out. But I do love it. Kevin came around. It took him a little while. Uh, But it is always nice to hear people love our brand and uh, uh, love our name. So thanks there. Thanks, John. Thanks to Helen. Thanks to Andre. Thanks to Jeremy. Thanks to my sister. Thanks to Dan. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to all the people who came out today at the uh, Nawaza Challenge. And... uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff, and and thanks to my wonderful wife who has endured wife. all of the prep for this. Awesome. So it has been uh, the most fun. I want to say thank you again to John 
such fun filling in the past couple weeks and, and doing nonsense with him. And like I said, more stuff to come. But um, last thanks again. Thanks over to Kevin. I'm glad that he's been a wonderful uh, crutch of support even when he's away. And he's always checking in and making sure he can do shit. But we'll put him back to work very quickly, you guys. That's going to do it for us tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good day and good fight. Uh, did they win at UFC 191? Make any cool post fight speeches. I'm pretty sure they were all like, eh.